Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey there, I hope you're having a great middle of the week and that everything is okay in your neck of the woods. I know things are a little bit crazy right now and that can bring in a lot of tension and anxiety, but we've got such a good episode for you today because if you're experiencing some of that anxiety and just that uncertainty and just almost fear, our guest today, Natalie, is going to rock your world with some very practical tips on getting back control of your mindset and just feeling better about your life. I seriously enjoyed this episode so much. But before I dive into Natalie and her background, I have to share with you two really fun money wins. So both of these are from my uh, coaching clients. So Allie and Matt are a couple that I'm working with currently. And I just have to shout them out because they have been such rock stars and they're so committed to bettering their life together that they are paying off a huge chunk of debt And they're on track to be completely debt-free by 2022. Now, here's the cool thing. Everyone else is pulling back and not putting more money towards their debt. Allie and Matt already have their emergency fund, so they're going full force into their debt payoff and making some killer strides. So Matt and Allie, I am so proud of you guys. You're kicking butt, taking names, and it's been so fun to watch your journey. The next coaching client I want to shout out is a former coaching client, Kate. Kate said, I'm forever indebted to you that one, I know how to look at my budget and cut expenses, and two, already have an emergency fund available to me. You're amazing. Kate, you are amazing, and I think the greatest gift you can give yourself is having that emergency fund. In times of uncertainty, my goodness, it makes a world of difference. So I am super, super proud of you for sticking with your plan and just continuing to kick butt as well. You guys are both amazing. In fact, all three of you, I could like virtually hug you all, although we have to stay six feet apart. I get it. But you're all incredible. And I'm super, super proud of the hard work that you're putting in. All right, let's talk about today's guest. Natalie Bacon is a life and business coach and host of the Design Your Dream Life podcast. She helps women take their personal development work deeper and reignite their lives with her life coaching program, Grow You. Prior to this, Natalie practiced as a CFP. She was a certified financial planner at a firm that managed over $1 billion in assets under management. Before that, Natalie practiced as a business attorney. 
She has also been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, CNBC, and so many more. You can read all about Natalie's entire story on her website, nataliebacon.com. So in this episode, we get really into the weeds on some of this stuff, and I think you're going to appreciate it. We talk about Natalie's start into the online world after finding herself in $206,000 of student loan debt. Remember, she's an attorney. We talk about how to approach fear in our lives. This really great ratio, it's the one-to-one ratio for content consumption. I really need you to pay attention to this right now because this is such a time where it's easy to go down all of the crazy news rabbit holes. But remember that one-to-one ratio, okay? We also discuss one of the biggest challenges of mindset work, who life coaches are actually for and what they do, why Natalie invested $10,000 into coaching for herself, some insights into why we don't always go all in, boosting your self-confidence. This one's so key to understand. I loved it. I loved her explanation of the difference between self-confidence and confidence. And then we talk about how to stop feeling that debt shame. So if you've been beating yourself up over debt, you're going to love this. I think it's going to help you get a new mindset around your debt. I am so excited for this episode. I think you guys are going to love it. If you do, do me the biggest favor. Take a screenshot of this. Tag me on Instagram. I'm at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co. And let me know that you're listening in. More importantly, let me know what is resonating with you from this episode. It totally means the world to me. And I know it means a lot to Natalie as well to see that you're listening in. All right, guys, are you ready to dive into the content? I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Natalie Bacon from nataliebacon.com. Wait, before we dive into the content, do me the biggest favor and share this with one person that you think will get some value from this episode. It means the world to me. It grows the podcast and you're helping people improve their money mindset. It's super important and it's a win-win. So please share this with somebody you care about. All right, now back to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode today. I am joined by one of my online and in-person friends, Natalie Bacon. Natalie, thank you so much for hanging out. Hey Whitney, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am stoked to chat with you. So it's been a little while since we've last chatted, but I have been following your journey and I can just say you have been doing so much work on managing your mind and growing your business. And you even have a sweet little puppy. Talk to us about little Penny. Yes, I have a four month old mini golden doodle and she is the light of my world. And she is also like the bane of my existence. (laughs) If you've never trained a (laughs) puppy, um, you know, be ready for those middle of the night wake ups and, and, um, kind of like what I hear it's like to have kids, but just on a much smaller scale. So it's been really fun for me to kind of grow personally and in my business, just with all of the, the mindset work that I've done and that I also teach. It's been really fun. You, I think you're such a rock star. So for everybody that hasn't maybe heard your story, take us clear back. What was your entry point to the online world and to bettering your financial life in the beginning? Yeah. So I graduated law school with $206,000 of student loan debt and I was practicing as an attorney and I decided that I was going to start a blog about money and personal development. And let me just (laughs) remind you that I knew nothing about blogging. I knew nothing about making money on the internet. I don't have entrepreneurs in my family. People in my family are doctors and I'm the only lawyer. And I just felt, I honestly, I don't even know. I think it was like kind of the fashion bloggers that I was following. And I just thought, you know, if I can help other women 
learn about money and personal development as I am doing it myself, that would be really fulfilling. So I started a blog while I was practicing law, while I had a ton of student loan debt. It started as finance girl. It was very, very basic and bare bones. Um, And then once I kind of got into blogging, I learned that there was a business element of it and kind of um, transitioned from there and really evolved to what is now like a life coaching practice all done virtually. Mm, I love your story because I think there's so many people that fall into this trap, especially if you go for the more prestigious degrees, the doctors, attorneys, engineers of the world, where you almost feel like you spent so much time to get to that career and then you're finally there and now you're switching. Did, Did you struggle internally with that decision at that time? I didn't. My family probably did a little bit more. I, um, am really future focused. So growing up, I think we're all kind of future focused growing up, right? We're taught to do well in school and then, um, you go to high school and then you do well in high school and then you go to college and you're, we're, we're so future focused up till about 30. So even as a lawyer, like I, I wasn't impulsive with quitting. I was really thoughtful and strategic. So in my future focus work, I was talking to other attorneys and kind of seeing the writing on the wall of what a career in law would be like. And I always just had this optimism that my foundation as a lawyer would be useful. And I really believed that I could create money as an entrepreneur and that I would love that long-term versus being a partner at a law firm. Now I say all of that and it sounds like all rosy. (laughs) That's just because I didn't, I didn't like, um, struggle with kind of closing that chapter, but I did struggle with the resistance of, Oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get health insurance? Is this really okay? Those were more of my concerns than, worrying about what it meant that I was leaving law behind. I am with you 100%. I think hitting on the health insurance piece, I remember before I quit my full-time job and moved into my business full-time, I thought this was going to be such a terrible thing. And I mean, sure, it's not fun to shop for health insurance and it is definitely moderately expensive depending on what you buy, but it's not that big of a deal. Did you kind of find the same thing? (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. I think that is the biggest example of your brain freaking out about the unknown and making a big deal about future problems that haven't even happened yet. It was not a big deal at all. Now, yes, is it a little bit expensive, just relative to definitely relative to what I was paying as an attorney or a financial planner, which I did in between kind of going full time. Um, it is kind of, like you said, moderately priced, but it's not a big deal at all. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't even cross my mind every month. Like it's just something I pay for. I have other software programs that are even more expensive than my health insurance. Like it's just, it's just another monthly expense. It's so funny how big of a deal I made it before going full time. Yeah. But for real, I did the same exact thing. And I like, I went through this whole list of questions and all these concerns of, Oh, almost like my boy, my brain was almost looking for excuses to not go for it. Yes. Always. And And that's what our brain does. Right. Yeah. Talk to us about that because I know this is something so many people struggle with is almost getting out of their head and saying, what is real fear and what's fake fear? So how do you approach that with your clients and even with yourself? Yeah. So 
I don't categorize them as real fear and fake fear. I categorize it as this is fear. I need to acknowledge it in my, in my body and name it and process it, but not let that be the driver in the driver's seat. So the fear is a, it's coming from a survival mechanism. It's like your primitive brain just trying to protect you. So your brain has evolved to keep you alive and it's constantly scanning for danger, right? That's why right now we're recording this in the middle of kind of the coronavirus pandemic. And you have to watch your brain because it's, it's going to be glued to the news if you don't put in some constraints in your life. And what I mean by that is what I've been teaching is do one-to-one for every one hour of news intake, you have to have one hour of positivity because your brain is so obsessed with keeping you alive, which means it's focused on danger. And right now we're, the news is, is really full of it. And so if you don't balance that out, your brain is going to think like death is imminent. (laughs) So no doubt. (laughs) Right. So for me, um, I really focus on like what, who's in charge, my, my primitive toddler brain, as I call it, or my prefrontal cortex and your prefrontal cortex is the most human part of your brain, right? Like Penny is not my puppy. She's not thinking about next month or next year. She's not planning her life. She wants to give her treats right now. That's (laughs) it. Right. So the, the unique thing with humans is that we have this prefrontal cortex where we can overcome the fear. We can decide um, what we want for our future and take action on that. So I always say, make whatever decision you want, but like your reason. And I think fear is not a good reason to do anything. And the example I've been giving lately is with washing your hands, since that's kind of what we're, we're talking about a lot right now with coronavirus. Are you washing your hands because you are afraid of spreading the disease and the virus, afraid of it spreading, afraid of whatever else, like we're all going to die? Or are you washing your hands from a place of healing and being an example of um, good health, right? That mindset is what's most important. And I think a lot of us don't even realize that we're being driven to take action by our fears. And if we do that, we're going to end up repeating a lot of our past and staying in a lot of negative emotion where we are kind of forced to escape our lives through like the overeating and the over drinking and the over Netflixing or the over shopping, right? Overspending to feel better. When instead, if you understand how the brain works, you can say, okay, primitive brain, toddler brain, I see you. You're afraid. It's okay. Let me clean up my mind a little bit to feel better and get in a better place and then decide what I want for my future and then decide, okay, I do want to quit my job. I do want to um, go all in on my business. I'm going to expect resistance. I'm going to expect obstacles and I'm going to trust myself to work through those and plan ahead and go all in, even though it's going to feel uncomfortable. Like that, that feeling of discomfort is just your primitive brain doing something it's never done before. And when it does something that it doesn't know how to yet do, it thinks you're going to die. Like it just wants you to repeat the past and stay inside and watch Netflix and eat Oreos. (laughs) I mean, which is like hashtag dream life, but (laughs) I'm like, that sounds kind of nice right now. I'm not going to lie. No, I'm teasing. So I love the concept of the hand washing. I think that is so, so smart to think about where is the intention coming from? 
And is it fear or is it just trying to better your life in, in a better way that's not tied to fear? I think a lot of people, Natalie, I don't know if you see this, but they're not even aware of if they're making that decision based out of fear or if it's some like healthy decision-making process. Have you seen that? Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of one of the biggest challenges with, um, mindset work is, is there's even a lack of awareness of, of needing it. Like there's a lack of awareness (laughs) of the problem, um, which as a life coach, that's kind of part of my job is I see so many people suffering unnecessarily. Right. And I always, you know, pain is, is, um, unavoidable, but suffering is optional. And so I'm trying to reach the people who have all this added suffering in their lives unnecessarily and and educate them about the mind and about the brain so that they can better rewire their neural pathways. So yeah, you're always going to experience some pain, but that's the pain that we want to experience. Like, you know, you go through a divorce or you lose a job. You, you as a human probably want to be heartbroken or disappointed about those things, but it's when we add on the layers of suffering of this shouldn't be happening. Something's gone wrong. All of those thoughts that, um, there's just so much unnecessary suffering that I see. So I'm constantly trying to find ways to, to reach people and teach them about the problem that they don't even know is, is a problem. Yeah, I've always wondered that. I think that's so interesting. So, okay, let's, let's pause for a sec. If somebody's never heard of life coaching or they might've heard it in passing, but they don't quite understand what it entails. Can you talk a little bit about what you do for work and like why this is so important and impactful? Yeah. So life coaching is really interesting. Um, I, in the simplest terms, this is how my brother explains it to people. (laughs) It's always the best, right? Right. And this is definitely like a generalization and and I'll go into more detail, but the the general thing, the shorthand is, um, kind of therapy takes you from dysfunctional to functional and then life coaching takes you from functional to exceptional. Mm. So people who have, um, diagnosed disorders and they're dealing with things that you would go to, you know, a psychiatrist for something like that, that is totally outside the scope of anything that I help with. But for people who are kind of just trucking along in their lives and they've found that everything is just fine, right? It's like, okay, I did what I was supposed to do. Got the degree, you know, got married, maybe had a kid, have a job, some, something along that, what, whatever your version is, uh, some variation, and then you're just fine, but it's not great. And with life coaching, if you have a really good life coach, um, who's been trained on the brain and it's, it's causal coaching. So instead of changing your actions. I teach you how to change your mind so that your actions change naturally. A good life coach will show you that. She'll show you your mind and she will show you what the biggest obstacles are getting in the way of creating the life that you want. I love that. I think that's such a great description. And I appreciate you mentioning the difference between like therapy and life coaching and when that would be appropriate. I think that's so impactful too. And just to clarify, so for you, you're working with individuals, but you do this in a group model as well. Is that right? Yeah, I have a membership. So 
Um, I do not coach one-to-one. I have like a high level mastermind that's only open, um, at certain times throughout the year, if you want to work with me more closely, but my membership, there's hundreds of members in there. It's called grow you. And basically just how it works is, you know, someone joins, um, usually they're female, but it's not exclusive. There's a couple guys in there. Um, women who just want to uplevel their lives. You know, right now there's a lot of women in there who just joined, who want help managing the anxiousness that they're feeling around coronavirus. Um, and then, right. So every month, um, we cover a new topic and, they get a course and a workbook and then there's group coaching calls that are live on zoom. And then there are also, um, opportunities for you to do written coaching. There's like an ask Natalie forum in there. So it's really kind of like the personal development application. It's for people who love to read personal development books, but with a book, you're just kind of intaking it in coaching in my coaching program, I'm coaching you, I'm showing you your mind and you're also coaching yourself. And I teach you how to do that in there as well. That's such a cool resource too. And I I know I've even looked into it for myself because I think the work that you're doing is so impactful and so important that I literally believe that every single person at some point needs a life coach. Because I, totally I think we, we all have these blocks, right? Like we we yes. do and we're not even aware. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. And I think that we're kind of at a time where people are just still unsure about life coaching. I kind of compare it to when physical fitness had its boom in, you know, seven, the seventies, maybe, maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after, but you just think of it like, you know, in the thirties, people weren't going to the gym and the forties weren't going to the gym. And now it's just a way of life. And I think that life coaching will be like that for your mental and emotional well-being. I agree with you too. So when you find new people that come into the program and they're they're joining in and they're excited, what are some of like the common I guess areas that people are trying to level up? Like what what are the common themes that you find? Yeah, so so I do, I want to mention it's kind of like on the one hand they're leveling up, right? And that's more of like the goals. And then on the other hand, they're coming in to talk about like the problems. So mm. a lot of the problems will be like relationship problems. If you have a problem with your sister-in-law or your husband or your child, um, right now a lot of the problems are, you know, managing the anxiety with everything that's going on in coronavirus. Like that the problems in your life that you're not sure how to solve would be like on the one hand. And then on the other hand, it's like, Let's be more productive. Let's set goals. Let's, you know, maybe work on your online business. Money is a big one. Those are kind of the more future focused intentions to live your life on purpose. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. I love it. And I know you, you kind of walk the talk too, because you've invested in coaching before for yourself. So I know you invested a good chunk of change into some coaching. Can you talk about the decision-making process that you went through to hire a coach? Yeah. So I really believe that are selling you. It's, it's a really good and smart if you're a consumer of that. So I want to be an example to my students of growth and I want to show them, um, how you can change and uplevel your life and get the results that you want. Right. So I'm always doing that. And it started with, you know, me investing in group coaching programs. And then I just invested, you know, 10 grand with a one-to-one coach. Like that's how much I believe in the results. And I 
you know, have to say like I started and I was in so much scarcity and I had so much student loan debt and I felt like I had to hustle all the time. And I've really transformed into someone who's, you know, debt free, who has this multiple six figure coaching business. And now, you know, I have this man who I live with, who I'm so in love with. I have this puppy and this beautiful two bedroom apartment. Um, I stopped drinking, you know, just from a place of thinking that my future self didn't drink. And I think that it's not so much that she had these tools and gave them to me. It's more like I have ideas of what I want my future to look like. And I want that guide. So I'm always going to either have a life coach or a business coach and kind of um, be pushing myself and my mind. One thing that we say in coaching is you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Oh and a my coach, God. So good, right? That is so good. <laughs> right. So it's like, I mean, you can, but it's really slow. You're just, it just takes so much longer. So it's like, all right, in the last six months, right, I launched a six figure coaching business. I quit drinking, you know, I met the love of my life and we moved in together. I got a dog. Like I move fast when, like, I think when you're ready to be all in, you, you move fast. Your life can change really fast. Why do you think people maybe don't give themselves permission to go all in? Is it fear-based or where does it come from? A couple things. I think people aren't, they don't have this, they haven't practiced the skill of going all in. And I always give the analogy of um, getting married. Like when you get married, you're not like, well, what about plan B? And (laughs) hopefully not. (laughs) Right. Right. Most people just in general, right. You're like, this is the one, this is it. Like whatever. And granted, do some people get divorced? Yes. And then what I say is then you get a new plan A. But you don't like go about it with plan B and going and like dipping your toe in. Like, I don't think that enough people understand that if you want massive results, you have to take massive action. So I feel fear and discomfort all the time. I'm just so in the habit of going all in that I'm willing to take bigger risks because I know that the worst that can happen to me is any emotion. And so like, it's self-confidence, right? I trust that I can handle whatever comes my way and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And do you believe like, do you get the self-confidence from doing, is that how you believe you, you get that? No, from? not at all. I think confidence comes from doing right. So I have confidence in riding a bike. I have confidence in reading. I have confidence in um, recording podcasts, right? I have a podcast. I have confidence in coaching because I've been coaching. That is confidence that comes from the doing of something external. Mm. Self-confidence, I believe, is just your opinion of yourself. And I think that kind of like what we were talking about, like most people don't even see that there is a mindset problem and that they need help with it. I think self-confidence is one of the biggest problems that I see with all of my clients and none of them would name it as such. And it's their opinion of themselves. They don't trust themselves to figure it out. Right. Mm. And that just comes from awareness. Once I became aware of it kind of through getting coached and, and understanding, um, awareness and consciousness and, and what it means to kind of be human and have a brain, I started to have better self-talk from my prefrontal cortex and, and remind myself and just talk to myself and give myself the confidence that maybe I was looking for 
from external validation in some way. You can just give that to yourself. It's such an amazing gift. That is so huge because I think you're, you're, you're hitting on some really key points that a lot of people don't even realize is like, you have a choice in this matter. You get to choose what you believe about yourself. And I love, I think it's such a beautiful way to go. You mentioned getting aware of your thoughts. Do you have any like practical tips that people can apply so they can start to see what is the self-talk they actually say on a daily basis? Yes. So I think that the biggest thing you can do is write down everything that's going on in your mind right now and write, (laughs) write down, just, just write it all down and don't lift up your pen. Like just set the timer for it. It can be as long as you want, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just write, 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 write. And then look at what you wrote down and look for the facts. Now I say this and most people are like, Oh, this is a um, school was abruptly closed. They'll say that was a fact. I'm like, that is not a fact. School is closed is a fact. The facts will be right. Like abruptly is your thought and people don't understand that these, that thoughts are optional. They think that their circumstances are causing them to feel a certain way. And what I kind of do as a life coach is say, no, 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 no. Circumstances exist in the world. I'm going to show you that your brain is wired to have certain thoughts about circumstances. And you, just like a computer kind of that comes with default programming, you can kind of rewire all of that programming and put in, you know, the best programming out there. You can really optimize it. So um, write down everything that's kind of on your mind about something specific. Like you could just be that you woke up today feeling anxious, right? Right about that. Could be, you know, your husband said something to you, right about that. Could be whatever the case may be, right about it. And then look at all the facts in what you wrote. You will find very few facts. You, the facts, I call it the math. What's the math of it? And it, I always describe it as provable in a court of law. Um, it's, it's very boring and it won't, if you said it to someone else, they wouldn't really know how to feel about it. Right. Mm. When you say something so loaded, like school was abruptly canceled. And, um, now I feel trapped at home. Like (laughs) we know how (laughs) to feel about that. Right. Like that's your thought. If the facts are school's canceled, I'm working from home. It's like very unclear how we're supposed to feel about that. Um, and everyone feels differently about it, right? Right now is such a good example because you can see so many different minds thinking very differently about everything that's going on. So for you, if you're kind of listening to this, write down what's in your mind and just separate out the facts from your thoughts and know that the facts are your circumstances and your thoughts are totally optional. They are just kind of triggered wired programming from your past experiences and you can explore them with curiosity and compassion. You don't have to beat yourself up (laughs) compare it to cleaning a house. You got to do this like at least once a week, right? It's people get turned on to mindset work and thought work and they're so excited about it. And then like a month later, they're really (laughs) (laughs) like the thought came back. I'm like, Oh, it's just your brain doing what brains do. As long as you're alive, it's like a, it's like a home. It's, you don't just clean it once a couple weeks later, it's, it's dusty. You got to clean it out. So if you're constantly looking at what's in your mind and putting it on paper and separating out the facts from your thoughts, you are going to increase your awareness tenfold. And I think that there's no better gift that a life coach can give to you than your own awareness of what's going on in your mind. 
I think it's so powerful. I love everything that you're saying. I was like fiercely head nodding and fist pumping. <laughs> it's so true though. I see a lot of people too that struggle with a large amount of debt and they make that mean something about them. Can you talk to people about that specific piece? Because I know there's so many people struggling with debt that are really, truly making this be their identity and finding some type of shame from it. Oh my gosh. I love coaching on this. I'm so glad you asked because I'm really, really passionate about it. I used to do this myself. I used to make my student loan debt mean something about me. I really, really thought that because I had debt, even though I wanted to get out of it, um, even though it was money that I borrowed for my education. I just, I was ashamed by it. I thought I was less than. And what I realized through this work was that debt is neutral. And actually lots of rich people, you know, use debt as leverage and they, they don't even think of it as like negative at all. And so what I had to find was like, okay, debt is neutral I can love myself. Debt means nothing about me. Debt means nothing about um, my future. And even if someone else tells me that, it's not true. I get to decide what is true. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to decide to love myself and love my debt and get out of it. Like people think that in order to get out of debt or like I call it completing a chapter, completing a chapter of whatever it is, ending a relationship that you have to like hit rock bottom and hate the other person or hate the debt or think that it's terribly wrong. What Mm -hmm. I say is no, have your own back. You made the best decision that you could in that situation, in that circumstance, or else you wouldn't have made it. Everyone's always just doing their best with the information they have. And you can choose to complete it from a place of love. You don't have to hate your way there. I find it to be so much more freeing to love yourself, love your debt, not make it mean anything about you and decide, yeah, I want to get out of debt because debt-free is kind of fun. <laughs> this yeah. is better, I think. I think so too. I, I love that you mentioned that and, and thank you for that because I know there's so many people that <clears throat> do make debt something about them. Like I'm a terrible person because I took out debt, but coming from that place of self-compassion and love, I think is so important. It really is. Sometimes it's going to take you years to get out of, and you don't want to hate yourself that entire time. Right. And remembering that that sentence that I'm a terrible person because I want to get out of debt or because I have debt, that's just a sentence in your head. That's just a thought. It's not actually true. And I think that is like, really mind blowing for some people to just notice that you are not your thoughts and you are not your feelings. And to know that just because a sentence pops into your head doesn't mean you have to think it forever. It just means that it came to you and you get to explore whether that's actually useful for you. And I would argue that hating yourself and beating yourself Mm -hmm. up is never useful. It feels responsible but we would never do that to someone we love or our kids. Like we would love them and teach them the new way to do it. Mm, I love this. I think it is so, so impactful. So definitely check out Natalie's membership, Grow You. It's incredible. It's so, so impactful. I've seen the testimonials that you post on Instagram. They're incredible, my friend. You're doing some really great work. Yeah, I have to say that there's no um, better job for me. And it did take a lot of transitioning, right? I I became a CFP and gave up that career as well. And it's been so rewarding for me because um, 
just to see people change their mindsets and to see them, you know, I was just coaching someone the other day. She's a, a cleaning lady and she just came on with a new energy, like talking about how she's having her own back now and, and Aww. loving herself. And she's just like, this feels really good. And, and you see the emails that I post, like people email me all the time. And I just, I believe in this work so much because it changed my life. And I'm so um, grateful that I can share that to help other people apply it to theirs. How did you know that a life coach being a life coach would be your career? Like what was your, what was your thought space like before then? So I didn't really know life coaching existed. And so at that time, let's think I was, so I went from a lawyer and then I became a certified financial planner. So I I quit my job lawyering. I became a financial planner, a certified financial planner, worked at a registered investment advisory firm, very well-respected firm, high-end clients, lots of money. I loved that job. Like it was a great job. I would recommend becoming a CFP to anyone who's sort of interested in that career path. Um, And my blog was kind of taking off. And at the time I just really had to decide, like, do I want to go all in on me or do I want to work for someone else as a CFP? Mm. And I just have that entrepreneur bug that I didn't even know existed. So, you know, it was time I decided to kind of complete my chapter as a CFP and go all in um, on my online business as, um, as, as an entrepreneur, as at that time, kind of like a blogger entrepreneur. And I just stumbled upon different podcasts because I am so into personal development. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I found life coaching, I really felt like there was just no other option. Like life coaching (laughs) just found me, if that makes sense. Like it was just, that was it. That was the thing that I connected most with. I love that. And I love that you were willing to listen to yourself and lean into that passion. I I think a lot of us get that feeling of there's something here. This is kind of cool. We're kind of drawn to it, but we immediately shut it down because we feel like it's impractical or it's not, not the right decision for us or, you know, be an adult, do other things. And I, I always, I think that's such a letdown for ourselves. Oh my gosh. I know. I think you give so much up by not going for it. I'm always like, there's another job I can get. It's fine. Right. I know. Like it's never really the end of the world, even if you try something and it doesn't work out in the way that you want it to work out. I think there's always something to be learned. I think that's the best lesson, right? It's like, there is no end. There's no like starting over. There's just the next chapter. Yeah. I love it. I think this is such a fun conversation. Is there anything that we didn't dive into that you feel like our listeners should, should know about, or we should discuss in in more detail? Be on to your thoughts. If I can leave you with anything, your thoughts will create your results. So notice what you're saying to yourself and be curious about it and choose your thoughts intentionally so that they actually support the future that you really want most. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's always so much fun to chat with you. Design Your Dream Life podcast is where they can go to listen to you grow you membership, nataliebacon.com. Is there anywhere else people should go to hang out with you? That's it. If you want, I'm on Instagram at Natalie R. Bacon, but you'll find everything on my site. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. This has just been so fun. You are so welcome, my friend. Before we officially part ways, are you down for some rapid fire questions? Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, please do it. Okay. My first question for you, what is your current morning routine? 
Oh boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because it's so different now with a puppy. Um, my current morning routine is get out of bed, make an emergency with a Perrier. That's my like concoction. Take my vitamin, um, go on a puppy walk and then do some personal development with coffee before I start working. Yeah. I love how you mentioned it's different with the puppy now. <laughs> So different. I will say one thing that I really value is, is a work from Homer. Um, I get up and I get ready every single day. I shower full makeup, full hair, and it makes such a difference in how you feel. And you, I do it. I do it for myself. I don't do it for anyone else. And I just think that's like a game changer. It really does impact the way you show up. I, I think it's really important. So I love that. Okay. Next question for you. Where is one location you're dying to travel to? Oh, well, um, Italy, I was supposed to go next month, but that might be on hold. So, um, I'll be itching to go as soon as we're able to travel again. Yeah. Okay. Next question for you. What's one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? Oh boy. Oh, um, my new office that I have, like the entire, background is super fun. So all of my coaching is on video. So I have kind of been that solopreneur working in my living room on my desk in my own little corner. And now I have my own office and that has just been such a treat. So kind of decorating that background has been just kind of rewarding for me. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is it. This is yeah, you're like, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm like, Oh, the, the dresser in the background, the, the desk. Like, <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. I love it. Okay. Last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? Making your own rules. I think way too many people think that because someone said something that they're the expert. And what I learned from like reading all the finance books, becoming a certified financial planner, working at an RIA, um, making a bunch of money as an entrepreneur is like the only rules about money are the rules that you set for yourself. So if you think that you have to trade your time for money, then you will create a life where you're trading your time for money. If you think that, you know, um, you don't deserve nice things because you're in a bunch of debt, then you will create a life where you don't have nice things. But if you think that you can have it all, that you can provide a ton of value and create a lot of money and work less and love yourself, then that's what you'll create. And it's all based on your thoughts about money. I love it. Natalie, you are such a rock star. Thank you so much for hanging out. And we will have everything linked up at the show notes so everybody can go check out all of your fun work. Thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, Whitney. It was a blast. All right. What did you think of this episode? I loved it. And I know I learned a ton. I think some of the more impactful pieces that really resonated with me was definitely the one to one ratio of the content consumption for every one hour of negative news. Make sure you consume one hour of positive news. I thought that was a really good thing It's something to keep in mind, especially in this crazy time. The other piece that really resonated with me is the difference between self confidence and confidence. Self confidence is just your opinion about yourself you have control over that. I thought that was a really great remark. And it's something that I know we all need to remember from time to time. All right, if you've enjoyed this episode, and you haven't shared it with somebody, what are you waiting for? Send it to one person that you care about that you think could benefit from this message. That is it for today. That was a good singing, right? You didn't know you were going to get a show with us too, right? I mean, come on. Anyway, I'm out of here. I need to go take some more day quill to get rid of my cold that I have not COVID. I don't think 
think. But regardless, I'm self-quarantining and I'm staying my butt home. So if that's the case, I'm safe, I think. We'll find out. Anyway, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.